0: Episode number 756, BNI's Board of Advisors.
1: You're listening to the official BNI podcast with BNI founder and chief visionary officer, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Stay tuned for networking and referral marketing tips from the man who's been called the father of modern networking, along with suggestions and insights into getting the most from your membership in the world's largest networking organization, BNI.
0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the official BNI podcast. I'm Priscilla Rice and I'm coming to you from Live Oak Recording Studio in Berkeley, California and I'm joined on the phone today by the founder and the chief visionary officer of BNI, Dr. Ivan Meisner. Hello Ivan, how are you today? I am doing great. I
1: continue to do Zoom meetings all around the world, but uh, doing fantastic. I'm in Austin, Texas today. And I have a longtime friend here on the BNI podcast. He did a podcast with me, uh, episode 624, back in 2019. That's Daniel Haverman. Uh, Daniel is a board-certified civil trial lawyer. He's also a Palm Beach County traffic magistrate. I wish I was—I uh, wish I lived in Palm Beach, uh, Daniel. You know, just just in case. I haven't gotten any tickets in a long time, but you know, it'd be nice. Um, Dan has been in BNI. Not that you would do anything, by the way. I know that you wouldn't. Um, Dan's been in BNI for over over twenty years, and he's served in every leadership team position. Uh, currently, Dan is VP. Of his chapter, and ambassador of the Palm Beach and South Florida regions, and is also the president of the International Board of Advisors, which is what we're talking about today. Dan, welcome back to the BNI podcast. And I was just kidding about the traffic thing. You would never. Well, I know.
2: Yeah. Okay. Thank so. you for having me back.
1: Yeah, it's great to be here. You know, so I wanted to start with. Uh, The International Board of Advisors, just a a really brief history. It was started in 1986 to help me look at the policies that I created. Uh, I happened to create a couple of really bonehead policies. And and so I wanted members to really look at it. We met at a member's home. We met at my home in Laverne where I started BNI. And we looked at policies. One, One bonehead policy in particular that I created was that you could be a member of two chapters of BNI as long as they were a significant distance from each other. I thought the significant distance would be the issue. That wasn't just being in a second chapter made people go apoplectic. And so that was uh, obviously one of the first things that we looked at at the board, changed that policy and said, you can't be in two chapters of BNI or in two organizations like BNI, because it's the same thing. And that came from the board of advisors. Since then, every policy um, of BNI's, every member policy has either been created or approved by the international board of advisors. And we have here with us today, the president of the International Board of Advisors, Dan. Dan, um, tell me, what are your goals as president of the IBOA?
2: Well, before we get to that, I just want to make uh, I want the members to understand that we on the IBOA are not compensated by BNI. We're not directors, area directors, executive directors. We're just regular members who have a good working knowledge of the BNI policies, guidelines, and processes and provide a member perspective to the BNI corporate. My goals as president of the IBOA is, um, well, I think you'll agree with me, Dr. Meiser, that this group, the IBOA, probably has more practical knowledge about what is happening at the member level than any other part of the BNI global support team. Yeah, certainly where the rubber meets the road at the chapter level, no question. One of my goals as president is to have global diversity in the IBOA. I want to have an IBOA representative for every BNI member in every country around the world. We currently know how many BNI members we have in each country, and we know how many IBO members there are in each country, and we've we actually determined um, what we believe is an optimal representation. Some countries might be overweighted, some underweighted, and I'm confident that um, I will be able to accomplish this goal of having IBO representation for all members before the end of my term. Well, I think that's a a really important goal. Having a good
1: representation worldwide is, uh, I think,
2: critical. I was going to say another goal of mine is to increase member awareness of the IBOA. And that is why I'm so excited to talk about the IBOA with you on this podcast, because I know thousands of BNI members listen to your podcast every week. And when my two initial goals are met, my plan is to implement a suggestion box system so members can reach out to their IBOA representative with questions and suggestions about our policies, guidelines, and processes.
1: Uh, that's a great idea. And, um, you know, you, I'm sure you'll get a lot of feedback on, on
2: that one. Anything else? Any other goals? Well, I, I was prepared to talk about some of the projects we've worked on in the past and some of the yeah. things we're working on currently. Tell me, what are some of the projects you've done in the past? Three or four years ago, you will recall. The question was asked, should we change the substitute language from being only a guideline to BNI policy? Yeah, you'll recall that the guidelines said that a member may substitute up to three times, may have a substitute up to three times during a six-month period, And the question that we asked was, should we change it from the May to must, not. You can't have a sub more than three times, making it a policy. So you set up an IBOA substitute policy task force and you'll recall that we discussed what a good sub is, which is a sub that's prepared with a well-timed commercial, a bad sub, which is subs just trying to drum up business for themselves. And then what we remember what we called super subs, which is those guys trying to get a free ride. And most importantly, we talked about how many is too many.
1: Yeah.
2: So you asked Andy Hart, to run and develop some analytics. And we looked at over 136,000 BNI records in countries where more than six subs were allowed. And do you remember how surprised you were when we received the analytics, Dr. Meiser? I was, absolutely, and
1: and, and Dan, please call me Ivan.
2: And yes, I was very surprised, go ahead. There was no statistical evidence to show that more than six substitutes affected a member's ability to get qualified referrals. Use of more than six subs did not decrease thank you for closed business, and it did not affect chapter growth or retention. In fact, the current leadership team manual, there is no mention of a maximum number of substitutes. It simply says, if a member cannot attend, they may send a substitute. This will not count as an absence.
1: I think the key there, though, is, and that was a surprise to me, and I think the key, though, is that they be a legitimate substitute, not a super
2: sub, not someone just trying to promote their business. Would right. you agree with that? Totally. I mean yeah. a well-prepared sub represents the member, not yep. themselves. Yep. I and mean, that's, exactly. that's that's BNI 101.
1: Yeah, and that really did surprise me that data. And the truth is, you know, the data the data rules. And I've always felt that way. You know, I may have some experience um that varies, that differs, but the data is the most important thing and we took a really good look on it based on on the data that we were able to collect from BNI Connect. Uh, so Uh, So that's a project that you did work on. What's a project you are currently working on as of the date of this uh, interview?
2: Well, before I talk about that, I just want to make sure that the BNI members understand that the IPOA does not implement policy. We are not responsible for the recent dues increase. We only provide input and recommendations to the company. Um, and by the
1: way, you said you mentioned dues increase. Dues increases are very all around the world and don't happen at the same time. All
0: oh, right. So that's, that it.
1: may apply to someone listening to
2: this. It may not apply to someone listening oh, to this. Okay. Projects that we're working on. Well, we're very active, Dr. Meister. We Ivan, we're very active. When you approved Sandy Donovan's nomination of me to the IBOA, we were meeting, you'll recall, two times a year. We currently have two sessions a month and we are providing input on many existing projects one of them that i think is near and dear to your heart is we are um involved in a thank you for closed business revision we want to make it easier for members to know how to accurately turn in their closed business and as you know banking and finance has always been a challenge yeah, one thing in real estate and real estate, exactly. Yeah. One thing we're considering is um, instead of looking at the type of income produced, such as did you make the money on commissions, we're trying to look at specific professions from which the income was generated with a goal, again, of the Thank You for Closed Business project is to have better member participation, documentation, and accuracy. Well, that that's a good one. That's a big uh, that's a big topic.
1: And when we come to a conclusion there, we're going to definitely need to do a podcast to update our previous
2: podcasts on this topic. We also looked at the 2000 at the general policies in 2019. There were 14 BNI general policies, and again, there's a difference between policies and guidelines. And I think most. People that are listening to this podcast understand BNI policies versus guidelines, and we can talk about that. But um, we had 14 policies. Now we're down to 11. And that's because the IBOA and BNI's um, corporate people felt that some of the policies could actually be handled as guidelines or even at the leadership team level. For example, there was a policy in 2019 that said members are required to bring bona fide referrals, and the chapter may establish a minimum. Well the IBO felt that that's a kind of policy that actually could be handled at the membership committee level and another one that is um I felt was a a great improvement for the company was the changes to the leave of absence policy. The leave of absence policy always said you cannot take a leave of absence except for medical leaves. And that we found to be a little bit um too tough and we changed it to leaves may be granted for certain major extenuating circumstances at the discretion of the membership committee. So basically what we did was we tried to tighten up the um, policies to make them more um, 21st century. Excuse me if I said that.
1: Yeah, no, it's fine. And, you know, as policies get changed, some people might be going, really, that's a new policy? It takes a little while to trickle down to all of the countries and all of the regions and all of the... um, Cities that BNI is in. So what you know, what we're talking about are changes that
2: take time to implement worldwide. Just, just in case some of this may be new to you. Another um, exciting change that has come and is still being developed and uh, furthered is the uh, obviously is the mobile app. Is something that you've been pushing for years and is now finally everyone has it on their phones. The BNI mobile app. But now we have something called BNI referral tracking. And that means that you can actually go into your BNI mobile phone, your app, open it up, look at a referral that you gave, and you can see if the person that you gave the referral to, did they follow up on it? Did they make contact with the source? Did they close the deal? And did they turn in thank you for closed business? This can all be done on with, with, with your telephone now. And so it's just so much more convenient for members to, um, listen, if you don't, if you don't if you go on your phone and you find out that the person never turned and thank you for closed business, there's nothing wrong with calling that member and saying, "Listen, yeah, what happened with that? What happened that. with that referral?" Well, Dan, we're we're out of time now. How does a
1: BNI member get to be on the IBOA?
2: BNI members are interested in joining the IBOA must contact their executive director or national director. Leadership team experience is required, and you must have a good working knowledge of BNI policies and guidelines. Your executive director will. Give you an IBOA nomination form, and if you're accepted, when you're accepted, you'll sign a confidentiality notice, and uh, we'll add you to the group. And in some regions, it may be a managing
1: director or a regional director. There are different terms, but find your director to get um, to ask if uh, you can be on the international board of advisors. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for being on BNI podcast the second time. Anyone that's interested in information on Daniel and his business. It's havermanlaw.com. That's H-A-V-E-R-M-A-N-L-A-W.com. Daniel, thanks again for being on BNI Podcast.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Over to you, Priscilla. Okay. Thank you so much. That was great information. This podcast is sponsored by MeisnerAudioPrograms.com. And these audio programs will provide you with the tools and the inspiration to powerfully enhance your BNI experience and help you boost your business, so check out the great material available to you at MeisnerAudioPrograms.com, and then use the promo code Ivan50 for fifty percent off of all of the audio programs. And all the proceeds are going to go to the BNI Foundation. So thank you so much for listening. This is Priscilla Rice, and we look forward to having you join us again next week for another exciting episode of the official B&I podcast.